Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're watching, whatever you're listening to this to this program. This is England is Burning for September the 27th, 2021. It is a Monday. This is me and Keith in the ATL in Georgia and the USA. This is your Manchester United Women Weekly Review. I have with me again, as always, I have Mark from the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club uh, coming back on, and I, I got to thank you, Mark, for coming back on after after yesterday's, uh, you know, rather rather dark performance. I don't know what else, what word you would describe okay. it, but thank you, Mark, for joining us today. No problem at all. It's it's I'm good to be glad, glad to be here. It's been a, it's been a bad weekend of football results for United this weekend. Yeah, it really has, and I, and I'm not sure which is worse. But but we're here to talk about the women's side, yeah. um, and so forth. I, I have a lot of thoughts on the other side too. But but let's talk about the women's side. That's what we're yeah. here for, and so forth. So this was one of the they were t- the interesting thing for me as, as the as the host of this program was for this for this weekend was I have four contributors. And each of the four had was going up against another one, you know, you know, so you had you had Manchester United and Chelsea, you know, earlier in the in the day at 1230 UK time, 730 in the morning here. And then you had Manchester City playing against Arsenal and, and both ended up being complete blowouts uh, yeah. for the London side. Um, so I, I tweeted out at some point that there was like an 11 to one aggregate uh, scoreline against Manchester clubs uh, by the London contingent uh, yesterday. But let's, you know, but it's so I was like, but the thing of it is, Mark, is I only have to watch two games. <laughs> instead of four yeah. um so that was that made it a little bit easier but the Manchester, the united chelsea game was was considered to be rather intriguing matchup um going into yesterday because yeah. there you know there had been you know some really strong momentum on united side with mark skinner starting starting off you know i mean granted playing two matches against teams that united really should beat they did beat them they did their business and so forth and chelsea kind of you know had, it kind of struggled a little bit against arsenal but kind of picked things back up again uh and so forth but it was interesting kind of see what what emma was going to do because there was some question was emma hayes the manager at chelsea going to continue with our 343 setup or you know on how is that going to match up with the speed and pace that united was going to try to do uh what how united was going to line up and, you know all of those things kind of mixing in uh and really mark skinner's first real test uh against a really top side as manager of the side uh and so there's a lot to talk about with that too but was what happened yesterday what you expected no but, but uh, no, it's not. Just before I do that, the only thing I can bring out of yesterday is that at least we scored, City didn't score. So for me, Man United get the, the pride or the award for, for, for the one goal. We got the, the goal. One goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it wasn't. Um, and the the thing for about it, Keith, is is that I've always come on your podcast, vlogcast, and I've always tried to be speak sense and speak a bit of mm-hmm. truth and, and, and speak from the heart about United. Yesterday hurt. I, I, I'm not going to deny that. I, I, you can't deny that. It hurt. And I've never been critical of the managers. I've always tried to say, you know, it was this or that. It was something else. Yesterday, Mark, in my opinion, he picked the wrong starting 11. It, I, I think it was as simply down to that. Um, I expected us to, to fight for the ball, knowing that they were probably going to play with three at the back and then have five throughout the middle and their three up front. As I said, I, I think we picked the wrong 11. Uh, watching, I mean, I put myself through it twice yesterday. Not only was I at the game live, I watched it back when I got home. I wanted to see it again. Just to see if we were as bad as I thought we played. And actually, watching it back, there was some good little bits and some mm-hmm. bad bit bits. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think yesterday, it was the starting eleven. I think was wrong in my opinion, and his tactics were wrong as well. But the, mm-hmm. on the silver cloud, silver cloud line, uh, silver lining of the cloud, I did say very early on in I think the first one we did back out of the first three games, I would have taken seven points. Mm-hmm. Now I've got six out of nine. You, you can't be unhappy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there is room, a lot of room for improvement, and there has to be improvement now coming on to next Sunday. So let's go to the starting lineup because, because yeah, uh, that's kind of where we really should start is the starting lineup, and, yeah. and then we can talk about the the tactics and and so forth. And and on one hand, you can say one could say uh, that you know this is you know, technically March 3rd league game in charge. And so he's still, you know, learning the squad and so forth. Um, but he comes out with a four, two, three, one setup. You know, of course you have Mary in the back at goal, uh, then Maria, uh, you know, Maria and Ona and then um, Mannion and Blundell. Um, yeah. Now that was due to, now that backline setup, wasn't that due to injury? Yeah, so Millie has um, dislocated, and I think we're. Gonna, I think the easiest way to say it, she's dislocated a knee. Right. Um, she is. She is now. She is doing. She has been at the training ground with the team. She's been mm-hmm. doing some upper body training. Uh, she she can't. I don't think she can start rehab just yet on the knee. Um, mm-hmm. But she is. She is in around the team. But that back four. That that yeah. So Hannah Blundell, Ethan Mannion, Maria Thoreau's not here, and Anna, they've played almost the the two full games that we've had. Obviously, Millie played the last game; she got injured early on. But that back four has now played three games on the trail. I I, I wasn't the back four is what I expected it to be. Okay. Obviously, with the injury to Mill. And then in front of them, they had uh, yeah Jackie Gronin and then Kitty Zellum up front, yeah. and you know, kind of guarding the back line. And yeah. then you sort of had a kind of a weird, uh, kind of a triangle scenario in which you had one, you had Staniforth um, in the middle, Leah Galton on the left, Alatoon in the false nine yeah. or nine role, and then to the right, uh, Kirsty Hansen. So what was wrong with this lineup? And I'm guessing in your lineup pool, this is not the lineup you came up with. I, I got 10 out of 11. Oh, okay. So you thought he was going to get it wrong. Uh, well, <laughs> what I would have done. Okay, what would you have done? I, I would have played Hayley Ladd instead of Lucy Stan. Uh, purely because Hayley Ladd mm-hmm. is the defensive midfielder. That's a job. Yesterday, you were playing with, we were playing with Katie Zellum and, and Jackie mm-hmm. Groening, who in my who opinion... are not it, defensive midfielders. Who are not, yeah. And, and it, <laughs> right. it was just kind of wasted on... We kind of wasted that. Um, so I, the only change I would have made to, to his 11 is I would have dropped Lucy Stan. Not that she's done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And I would have played Jackie as a, where Lucy Stan of fourth played mm-hmm. and, and put yep. swap Hayley Ladd into where Jackie was. Um, yep. Hindsight would be a wonderful thing to know how how well that would have worked. Um, right, absolutely. I, the one thing that I think upset a lot of a lot of the fans at the ground was that Mark Skinner's come out and he said, "I I won't be playing the league. I'm playing each team." Now, mm-hmm. understandably, the, that eleven has won the first two games. You're not going to change it if it's not broken. I I understand the logic, but you're not playing with all due respect. A, a Reading or a Leicester, you're playing again, and I'm sure Rob, when, he, when you speak to Rob later, he, you know, you're playing mm-hmm. one of the best women's teams in Europe. They're not your bog average team. They're, they're, they are where they are for a reason, and they deserve the respect. And yesterday, I, I, I think Mark, he, he set up a team to respect them, but th- they've got so many good players around that we we were kind of out out there mm-hmm. the, the the false number nine thing you and i have talked about on on, on occasion and it doesn't work for me mm-hmm. um so there was there would have been a couple of cool, couple of of cha- I, would, I would have put Haley Ladd into the starting 11 i might have thrown someone else up front but other than that it, the, the team was pretty much what i expected with the exception of Haley Ladd yeah, and that was the thing that that interested me. That I was like, "Oh, when I saw the lineup, I was like, well, he's really going for it because he's not putting in a defensive midfielder.' Yeah, um, and you really, honestly, need a defensive midfielder against a Chelsea or an Arsenal or a Manchester yeah. City. It's not, you know, you're not going up against Everton, you know, or Reading, um, and so forth, where you may not need a defensive, uh, you know, midfielder uh, or a box to box or something to that effect." Um, um, 
you know, and so forth. So it was really it was like, okay, so your so your plan is is to be pretty offensive, um, you know, and and so forth. Which you know, on one hand, you can say, well, all right, go for it. But on the other hand, from a realistic standpoint, it's like you know, and you knew everyone knew that Chelsea was going to throw out their strongest lineup. Yeah, yeah, they threw out their strongest lineup they could possibly put out there, um, you know, barring injury and, you know, inavailability, mm-hmm. you know, so forth. I mean, when you throw out there, you know, the triad of, you know, of Kirby and Kerr and um, Harder, you know, you know, up front, you know, you, you know, I would have been like, nah, you need to put someone like Haley Ladd out there as yeah. an offensive midfielder, uh, really to protect a back line that's that's been hurt by injury. I mean, if this yeah. was last season and you know, had the you know, had that back line, you know, completely healthy, uh, in people playing the positions they would normally be playing, you could potentially argue that that might do it, but I but I don't think Casey would have not no. had a defensive midfielder I, either. <laughs> she would have probably think, had Haley yeah, out there. Yeah, I, I think under Casey, Haley Ladd would have been the first right. one on the team sheet. So, um, so then, so let's go to tactics then. So um, now Chelsea went, I mean, and I'll ask Rob this, but, but it seemed like Chelsea did exact, try to do exactly the same thing they did the last time Chelsea played United, which was essentially attack them and press them hard from the beginning. What what yeah. did Mark get? What did Mark get wrong in the in the uh, tactics? And I think I know the answer already, but I'll let you tell us. With with that Chelsea eleven, you need to harass them. Their back, their defensive line. Millie Bright is a great defender. There's no argument about that. But they're susceptible mm-hmm. now. For, for me, you've got to play the right 11 against the right against that team. And, and yes, as I said, I don't think they did. The tactics, you, you take them down, you know, we mentioned it last week pace, speed, power. And yesterday, Leah Golton, she kept cutting inside, she kept coming in onto her right foot instead of trying to go past. And actually, it was, it, it wasn't great yesterday from, from a, watching that because. We could all see the space on the outside. There was a lot of space on the outside because mm-hmm. Chelsea were playing with a narrow back three and a, and a, and, a, and the five in midfield. Mm-hmm. And actually, you could get if you got past them, you had acres of space to run into. And yet, and we just didn't exploit the spaces that we had. Now, the the one plus side of all of that that I would say is that Kirsty Hansen wasn't afraid to get the ball and lose it. She tried it. Leah tried it. It's just that, for whatever reason, they kept trying to come inside when go on the outside. Mm-hmm. The other side to it is I understood why they weren't going on the outside. And, and this is me watching it back. When you watch it back, there's no one in the box. We haven't got a target person there. We haven't got right. an Alessia Russo. We haven't got a Sam Kerr, a Frank Kirby, a Peniel Harder in there. You've got Tooney, who is on the edge of the box, waiting for a pullback to take a shot. What we needed was someone in the box that you could pull your crosses to. And so those are just a couple of the things that you look at the game, you go, "That I would have done that differently. I would have done that differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there was, I mean, when you're absolutely right, because as I was watching it, I, you know, watching it live as it was, it was happening, if you could get past the the pressing forwards that Chelsea, you know, did with Kerr, Kirby, and and harder pressing as hard as they did, you get past them. You had like a whole, the whole rest of the pitch yeah, to exploit in the midfield. But you know they pressed, and because, um, I mean, it was just I, I think it was a gamble in a sense because if you don't press well and you have a team that plays better from the back, um, then you could easily get burned um, Mm -hmm. in a scenario like that. But in this case, it actually worked. Was it, do you think it was a mistake for United to continue to try to play out from the back the way they did when you have those strong pressing forwards the way they did? Yeah. I understand that's how he wants to play. And I have no, I have no issue with it, with that. That's how he wants to play. He wants to play out from the back. It seems to be the modern way of playing football now. Most managers seem to be wanting to to play out from the back. It seems to be the in thing right now. 
Um, but after you concede two early goals, you must think actually we need to change this quite quickly. Let's just go to, let's just punt it up the field and and, and let's see what happens. The biggest disappointment for me, as I said, was uh, you know for playing out from the back. Most some of those players should be really comfortable on the ball. And actually, right. it was yesterday when they got on the ball, it was like they were caught in headlights. It's like, uh, what yes. do we do? And actually, I, I, I don't want to use the word panic. I just saw a bit of, I don't know what we're doing now. I, I just think there was, there was, right. there wasn't really any communication coming from on the pitch. I saw Mark and his assistants, and they were shouting and screaming and telling people what to do. But I just don't think it was getting through to him, whether for whatever reason. I'll be honest. I think they were intimidated. Like I said, Chelsea are a good team. You've got to. I mean, I think they were intimidated. I think the 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 hard pressing that they did from the very start, and then being down by a goal in two minutes, as you know, just was was kind of a complete shell shock moment. Yeah, uh, because you had. So many, so many passing errors. You had balls being passed into space where it was easy for one of one of the Chelsea forwards to pick up on. You had, you had any time they were trying to play out from the back, they were harassed by somebody. It was either yeah. Kerr or Harder or Kirby. One of the three was harassing whoever had the ball, and they were harassing high, very, very, very yeah. high. I'm not sure that they were expecting that. And they weren't sure what to do. I mean, and then you had players, you had balls being passed and players weren't going to the ball. They were waiting for the ball to come to them as opposed to going to the ball as it was being passed, which was then leaving too much open space and too much time for the pressing forwards to, you know, to jump on top of it. But I think they would just like got deer in headlights, as you said, you know, after the first two minutes, because, you know, Chelsea pressed forward immediately. They were looking to try to get a goal in the first two minutes. They got one on a mistake, um, you know, in the back. And then they had, then it kind of settled. There were moments, as you said, in the first, you know, were moments where they could exploit some of the space that was there if they could get past that front three. Um, but again, it was, you know, um, you know, at, and then Chelsea kind of every now and then we'd be like, all right, we're going to press really hard. And then they're going to pull it a little bit back, save a little bit of energy and then push again, uh, for, you know, so forth. But then, uh, you know, Harder got that interception, uh, you know, and was like, I'm just going to outrun everybody because yeah. I got a whole ton of open space. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. And that's what she did. At that point, Mark, I was like, Skinner is going to have to change this because this is not working. Yeah, and this this game is going to end up bad yeah. if he doesn't change and doesn't change it now. It's twenty four minutes in, down by two goals. I'm not an expert manager. I, I you know I, I play a video game called Football Manager, and I even I know at two nil I'm changing my tactics because I'm yeah. like this isn't working. I can't play out of the back anymore. I gotta you know get more forward. I got to push the ball forward a little bit more, but not kind of dance around in the back and just push it, which is, I think, but the thing that is what I was confused by was the lineup was set up to be more forward. Yeah. We being completely honest in that first half, we were poor. We were as bad as I've seen a team, a Manchester United women's team play. Now, that falls and, you know, that falls at the manager's feet, that his instructions weren't getting through. I'm not going to, you know, as I said, I'm, I don't come on here to make excuses. However, I'm going with this magnitude, played directly after an international break. It was kind of, it, it, you know, each team has to go through it. I don't think the players returned back to Manchester till. Thursday, maybe Thursday afternoon, maybe early Friday, some of them. So they only really had Saturday Saturday to prepare. It's not an excuse. It's, uh, every team would have had the same mm-hmm. the same thing. But we've come back. We've obviously lost Millie for we don't know. Yesterday, Martha Thomas was walking around in a knee brace. Mm-hmm. So we don't know whether she's picked an injury up at training at United or training with or with Scotland. So we don't know. Now, you mentioned about changing the 2-0 the, the down, changing the tactics. Yeah. How, but Leslie Russo, I don't think, has got 
more than 45 minutes in a yet yeah, than she had yesterday. So I don't think you could have brought on Messi. Ivana Fuso is an unknown quantity to everyone still of mm-hmm. what she can do and where she is. And then you kind of, what do we do? Do we stick? Do we bring on Hayley Ladd and shut up shop completely? Or do we still try and go for it? To his credit, I actually admired the fact that he still wanted to go for it. Mm-hmm. I understand the change, the fact that you, you're 2-0 down and, and most people, you're absolutely right, Keith, would have gone, right, warm up, we're changing it. We're going to just go, we're just going to see what happens. Jose Mourinho would have probably shut up shop. Jurgen Klopp or someone else would have probably gone, right, you know what, we're just going to go for it. Get me every striker we've got, we're pushing everyone on and we'll just see what happens. I admired that side of it yesterday. But when you look at Chelsea's squad, to our squad, there is obviously a lack of depth. We've lost Millie T, we've lost Murtha Thomas, we don't know for how long or what. And then you're looking at the bench and you're kind of seeing what can we do. Do we hold out till half-time? Do we go? But I, if it was me, I would have changed it at 2-0. I would have done something. I, I, for me, I would have brought on Hayley Ladd earlier and go, mm-hmm. right, let's take off a midfielder, let's shut up midfield and let's cut it out from there. And then we can move forward. But then you have also, I mean, you have Gronin and Zellum as playmakers. Yeah. And then said, so, okay, then my thought would have been, you know, push it a little bit forward and make sure you get past that line by passing it a little bit longer and you in pulling, maybe pulling, yeah. getting Lad in there, pulling her in, getting the ball to her, let her then be the pivot and then get the ball to Gronin or get the ball to Stanford or whatever yeah. and get it out of that bottom last third that would have been like you know is get the ball out of the last third as quickly as possible and get it into the midfield where there's plenty of open space and then you can begin to look at exploiting the wings because you still i mean chelsea's that's where chelsea's weakness in they had Wrighton and uh charles in the wings and as good a players as they are again as we said last week they they can get beat with proper pace which United had if they could get there and that what Chelsea's strategy was was never let that happen yeah just absolutely. pin them back so yeah. badly that you know um you full-on gagan press you know whatever you call it uh and get the ball in a positive position yeah. which is exactly I, what they did three times I, in a row yeah and it's one of those things that when you when when I've watched the game back you've looked at it and you've seen the spaces that honors had Hannah's had Kirsty's had Lee has got, and actually, even though the stats say we probably, I, I think the stat I saw was our passing were better than, uh, I think we were like in the high 70s, mm-hmm. 78% passing stats. Mm-hmm. Actually, when you were at the game live, I actually thought we were lucky to string three passes together, let alone get 78% passing rate, because we were poor. We were poor. Katie Zellum yesterday, her passing wasn't great. Jackie was kind of, where am I going? Am I sticking it here at deep or am I trying to take the ball forward and, and make something happen? Leah, do I do what I do best and go on the outside and whip a ball in? Kirsty Hansen, do I do the same? Do I whip the ball and go past it? But for whatever reason, we kept going narrow. And mm-hmm. I understand I understand the logic around tuning. I do, She, you know, she's... She's come on leaps and bounds. She is one of our best players right now. But being let's be completely honest with it, she's not a number nine. She's a number 10. She can play on the right-hand side. She can play in midfield, but she's not a box finisher. She gets in the box, she creates goals, but that's not her thing. So yesterday there was, you know, passing wasn't great. But even though the stats say, Completely the opposite to that. You've got, as you said, you've got Jackie and Katie, who are two playmakers. Mm-hmm. And I kind of admired Mark for, for wanting to play both of them together against Chelsea because, hey, he he was going for it. He was trying to stamp mm-hmm. his his authority on the game. For me personally, that's not the game to do it on. To mm-hmm. you know, you do it against the lesser teams. You get your performances against the lesser teams, and you take your points if you if you get them against the bigger teams. But yesterday, 
it seemed that the pat because the passing was off, the and that caused the movement to be well off. And as I said, Leah kept coming inside. Kirsty tried both ways and, and she didn't get it. And I think maybe halfway through the second half, just before he took Leah off, he swapped Leah and Kirsty over from right to left. Mm-hmm. But they were still coming inside. There was no right. It wasn't doing any difference. Um, but yesterday, the ta- the passing was the main thing, and, and Chelsea were on such a high press with us. The ball kept going sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards, mm-hmm. and when we did get it forwards, it was just coming straight back over the top. So, you know, I give credit when Chelsea yesterday and Emma Hayes they they, they pressed us at our game. And actually, I think a lot of the players were kind of like, I don't know where we do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, you know, you look at a scoreline like this. I mean, it was three nothing at half. Um, yeah. And I, you know, even it's like, and then I was like, you know, well, it can't get much worse. But in a sense, it did. Um, obviously, because the scoreline ended up being a six one. Um, you know, but things, I mean, things did slow down in the second half a little bit, at least in the first part of the second half. Um, but you still had sort of the, you know, sort of the, the technical errors, the tactical errors being played out again, you know, but when you see a 6-1 scoreline, is that all on the manager or was that just poor execution or was it both? When you get beat six one, there's a lot of things that you you can say go against you. The the the, right. the, the tactics, the, the the players didn't play well. But yesterday there was a third option in there as well, and you know I've I, like I said I've never come in here and made it. The referee yesterday was diabolical, and I've never I've always tried to give referees the the, the you know the, a, a different side of thing. Yesterday that referee was diabolical. There's no other word for it. One of Chelsea's goals in the first half was offside. Yeah, it wasn't. I think flagged. it was uh, Sam Kerr's goal. I believe yeah. was offside. It was offside. It wasn't yeah. even close. It was clearly to outside. It was yeah, clearly it was... offside. Actually, and this referee has got previous with United. This is the referee that doesn't know her anatomy. She doesn't know her how oh, from is, her head. Was this the one that? Oh, the, yeah. oh, this is the head and hand one. Yeah. So this is oh. the one. Now. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to make excuses. The referee didn't win us, win win Chelsea that game or lose the game. Definitely helped. However, when you see a foul given from a United's point of view to a Chelsea player, and you get and you say, "All right, that's a foul, fair point," you know, well done. And yet you see the Chelsea player do exactly the same back to United player, and the referee plays on. You're going, "Hang on, what's what's the what's going on here?" The referee yesterday was poor. You know, whether Rob would agree with that, I don't know, because obviously the scoreline went on, on his side. But it brings more into light the conversation you and I have been having mm-hmm. for the last couple of weeks about the standard of refereeing. Now, right. I'm not going to use this as an excuse. You get decisions for you, you get decisions against you. The referee yesterday was poor. I, I would even use, like I said, I've used the words diabolical. And, you know, I might get into trouble from that. You know, I'll take that, whatever. However... A referee has to be able to referee a game to a standard. And I don't think in the WSL, some referees are. Last night in the City game, the referee was all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. It, you know, you can say an all right. However, yes, one in our game, it, it was chalk and cheese. They, they didn't know what they were doing. The referee stopped the game to bring on a United sub, and the sub wasn't even ready. And she said, substitution. We were like, they're not ready. The, the, all the crowds were shouting back, they're not ready. Because they, they were still doing a warm-up. And she was like, mm-hmm. they're coming on. And you actually, they're going, what game are you watching to see what's going on? Right. And even the managers were saying, they're not ready. And she was like, oh, okay, carry on. Uh, and you just, you just have to accept some things. What you mm-hmm. can't accept you know the re- the goal against Reading that went to- was it over the line was it in the over the line or not? You can accept that because it's you see it so quickly. The Leicester one over the line or not? Again, you mm-hmm. accept it because it's so quickly. However, you can't 
excuse a referee yesterday for a clear offside and the line the assistant referee who's not even in line with the defenders which is their job to do right. you can't excuse those things those things mm-hmm. are, are, are mandatory basic basic refereeing right and like i said i'm not going to use these as an excuse Ch- chelsea were going to beat us without that offside goal yesterday but weren't there but, two yeah there was two there was two yeah so the Chelsea was, but Chelsea would have still. Not that it would have changed the result. I mean, the, yeah. you know, if you took those off, they still lose four one. But yeah, you, you know, but, but those were two clear offsides. I mean, yeah. I, I've always joked that if I could, I being a, a, a Yank, sitting in my on my couch looking at a you know at a TV screen, can tell immediately that it is offsides, and why a lines person who is right there, yeah, can't absolutely. The, the, I mean, was, I saw it with a naked eye. I mean, I didn't have to have slow mode to show, oh, yeah, it's offsides. I didn't need I, that. I, I, what's even worse for me on, on those two goals is that the referee's on the right side to see them. The assistant mm-hmm. right. referee's on the right-hand side. So, look, Chelsea was still going to beat us. There's, you know, let's not sit, blame it all on the referee because I don't think that's fair. The referee made some bad decisions yesterday. The assistant referee made bad decisions yesterday. And out through all the bad, there has to be a little bit of good. And mm-hmm. the, the good point for me yesterday was Leslie Russo. Her 45-minute performance, she came on, she scored straight away. Straight away, yeah. And the, you saw the, 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 the Chelsea defence going, now we're in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, I, true. Actually, and actually that's true. And you actually, you're thinking, right, you've done it once, do it another couple of times. And actually... Lessie tried to do it by herself and actually Tooney dropping into a number 10 role, which was vacated by Lucy Stan, it, it, it really works. Yeah, and and there were there yeah, I, I I remember that very clearly because there was like a two-minute moment where it was like, you know, there's still 40 plus minutes left in this, and it's three-one, and and a game changer just ended up on the pitch that you know, to, you know, immediately score. So there was a, like, it was a brief moment that was like, maybe United's back in this, yeah. uh, you know, with 40 some odd minutes to go. I mean, anything could happen. But then two minutes later, yeah, you know, Kerr gets the second goal on an assist from Fran Kirby. And it's like, we're back to 4-1 again. Yeah. Uh, and I was that had to been like a punch to the stomach kind of yeah. situation right there. That that had hurt. You know yeah. that that hurt. I know that hurt. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then we when came you out can... and we, we came out and we started on 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 a front foot on the positive foot and we took the game to Chelsea. And actually, you you mentioned it on the on here before. Chelsea are weaker at the back. We've got Millie Bright, who is who is mm-hmm. who is a really good defender. Absolutely, but. She's a, she's a good defender. The others are questionable. And yeah. yesterday, when you put and yesterday, if, if everyone was fit and, and how I would have put a, a proper number nine instead of into the starting eleven yesterday, because you need to have a little bit of physicality. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, when we got into the into the box, we didn't have that until the 46th minute so we started off till Leslie came on we didn't have that physicality we didn't have the um, players who were going to um, who were going to hurt hurt them in the sense of we're going to take you out of position we're going to drag you from left to right as I said before Tooney doesn't like to go into the box she likes to play on the on the outer rim of the box um, and so so yesterday as good as Chelsea have players going forward their weakness is clearly at the back. And so they play the high press not to put anything on the defence. But the minute you go on to their defence, they panic. And you saw the panic, as I said, when Lexi scored as soon as she came on. And, I, you know, as you said, game on, but two minutes later, sucker punch, done. Back to 4-1. Yeah, and then even Emma, you know, Emma Hazen substituted Nem Charles out, um, who was probably the weaker of the links in the back. I mean, changes are out for uh, for John Anderson in the 58th minute to kind of try to, you know, shore it up a little bit. But it was still, I mean, it was four one at that point, and then Haley Ladd finally comes in in the 66th minute. Um, I mean, that was a substitution that was probably 30 minutes late uh, in coming, I would say. Yeah. Um, but then, I mean, you know, this shows you how deep 
the you know Chelsea is when you can substitute Bethany England for Fran Kirby and Jesse Fleming for Pernell Harder. Um, now England and Fleming are good players and probably yeah. could start for most all other WSL sides. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, um, but you know, you throw those out there. But the the point it, it's in, one of the things that's interesting is that is that I think I think. The lineup was wrong. The tactics were wrong, as you said. I agree, um, but there were there were moments where I was like, you could. There was a several silver linings there, where it was like, you could see what United is trying to do. It just didn't really didn't work this time. You know, it didn't work, and there's a lot to. And I think I wanted to ask you about uh, Mark Skinner's comments after the match. Uh, as well as Emma's comments after the match and, and their post-match discussions. Um, but I think that, I mean, there were, I saw moments where it's like, oh, I, if, if we, this could come together more consistently, uh, you know, then you really got something going. Uh, it just didn't happen consistently. And we're still early in the season. And the other thing is, is like, you look at the table and United and Chelsea's records are exactly the same. They both have seven points. Yeah. Um, it's just the goal differential is a bit, wonky and if you looked at the stats in this game and this is where the silver lining to me comes in if you look at the stats without looking at the score line with the exception of the expected goals are about even <laughs> uh i mean you know and you know united had more possession um their passing accuracy was actually better um the shots on target that was wonky um there but you know 14 shots to 17 but only three on target for united um and then you know just you know, Chelsea had 27 clearances to 26, 19 interceptions on both sides. United had more touches. Um, you, know, you know, of course, United fouled a little bit more, but that was to be expected. Um, and so, I mean, so a lot of the stats just were very even. And some of that was in what I call garbage time, where the game was already decided. But the point is, is that there, there were moments where things kind of did click at times. It just didn't hold for a long enough period of time. And then you're going against the, the top team in the league um, at the same time. The XG was wonky. It was four, four for Chelsea to 1.1, 1. 1. Um, you know, but in terms of other aspects of it, there's a silver line. So what did you think though? Um, what did you think of Mark Skinner's comments when questioned right after the match? Um I, I get a manager must. I get a manager wants to spin a positive slant on a negative result. Right. I get it. Right. Yeah, that's what he tried I, to do. Yeah, and that's what he tried to do. I think he said a lot. I think he said a lot of things without saying actually anything at all. If that makes any sense, you know, he, he said we've got to learn from this. We've got yeah. You know, we expect to learn from this. I, Mark, I, I think I've mentioned it on here before. He's come into the club and he's tried to make the, the, the team more positive, whether that's as people, as players, or uh, as what. And I get he tries to give over a positive vibe to the fans, I, I, and I understand that. However, there's a time to be realistic and there's a time to be positive. Yesterday was that time to be realistic and say, we got beat by the better team. It's been a bad day at the office. We move on to next Sunday. There's, you know, I that's what I would have probably. But he came out and he didn't say. He said some of those things, but he didn't really say them for for saying them sake. He's just said some things. He said, you know, he said you got to learn from this and that. You, you expect that. I, you know, he, he says. I, I think he what he, he keeps such a positive spin on everything that you kind of don't actually end up listening to him because he's kind of saying the same thing on repeat all the time mm-hmm. um, but what he said is probably was probably right we've got to learn from from mistakes we've got to cut out the individual errors and those kind of things but i kind of expected him to say that anyway mm-hmm. do you feel like he took enough responsibility for his role in this i think there's i i, I, I from me um and, and for, for me who was actually was at the game what I would say is, is that I think once we conceded the first two, because we could very early on, he was up out of his seat. He was on the touchline with his assistant, Martin Ho. And they were trying to change things. They were looking at things. They were changing things. And actually, they were both getting angry 
with what we were doing. I think the one point that I, I understand that, you know, Casey, Casey did come out and she said, look, it was my fault we lost this game. Well, I think we lacked yesterday. You know, the tactics were, some of the tactics were wrong. The starting 11 was wrong, in, you know, and we can accept that. But we haven't got on that pitch a leader, mm-hmm. someone who will shout, someone who will sort of scream at the players. Chelsea have got that in Millie Bright. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of a leader who will get into onto the players and go, that's just not good enough. Now, whether that's women's football, that's a different discussion for, for another day. But you look at the most successful teams in, in football, they've always had a leader. Mm-hmm. United have had Roy Keane, Peter Schmeichel, Eric Cantona, Steve Bruce, Brian Robson. I've just named five like that. Chelsea, they've had Dennis Wise, they've had... Um, uh, Frank Lampard, John Terry. They've, they've had all these teams have had leaders. Arsenal, Patrick Vieira, Tony Adams. They've had proper leaders. Yesterday, United didn't have a leader on the pitch. I'm not saying it would have made a difference. What I'm saying, what I'm trying to say is, is that oh, when you're in the middle of a game, in the heat of a battle, you met, the manager shouting things. You need your captain to convey it to the team. And yesterday, I don't. So I didn't see that from Katie. I'm not saying she should be stripped of the captaincy. I'm not saying anything of the sort. What, what I'm saying is is that you're a captain for a reason mm-hmm. because you've got the respect of the dressing room. Once you're on the pitch, you need to give you, you need to convey your messages to your teammates. And yesterday that wasn't happening. So do I would I expect Mark to take full responsibility? Yeah, I would, but I also think there has to be some responsibility from some of the players on the pitch as well for mm-hmm. that performance. I, and I would agree with that completely um, because I didn't, I mean, I, and I think that's a really solid shout that, that I did not see, I didn't see anyone on in a red shirt really try to pull things together that was someone that I was actually on the pitch trying to gather everyone together, shout at them, jump up and down to make, you know, whatever it takes to, to try to get things like, okay, come on, we got to get back into this. Yeah. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Now maybe Katie is uh, more of a, you know, more of a quieter behind the scenes leader. And that's why she's a captain. Maybe she's not the type of person that's going to be like getting in people's faces and, and doing like what Roy Keane used to do. But uh, you know, but, but you would expect that from maybe someone else, maybe, or from yeah. her, or you know, somebody be like, who's, you know, who's going to pull us, pull us together here Absolutely. because we're the ones playing this match, and and yeah. so we're struggling out here. Um, so that that's going to be an interesting thing to watch, and and I think that's a really strong shout, and that's something that really we probably do need to watch for is who is going to be the leader on the pitch while they're playing, you know, um, you know, when, you know, because the, the question I had immediately when United gave up that first goal was now we know what's, what's going to happen when they get down a goal. Yeah. Well, we found out what happened when they got down a goal. It wasn't good. No, the head's dropped. Uh, it wasn't good. So, so there's a lot of looking in the mirror that, that happens in a, in a situation like this. So, um, you know, one last comment about you know you, we mentioned off air um, you mentioned about Emma Emma Hayes's post match interview yeah and so tell us a little bit about that you were there you you were there still in the stands watching yeah it. so what, what was your so, your perspective um, so where we stand at Lee Sports Village is directly so directly in front of where they do the post match uh, interviews. And yesterday, Peniel Harder, she did hers first. The minute she started talking, we just started singing. You know, we just had a bit of a laugh. And then they brought over Emma Hayes. And Emma Hayes was encouraging us to do it. And actually, for as much as, you you know, we just got beaten by one of the best teams in Europe, their manager to come and do an interview, but respect us as fans to sing songs, to be loud, to be, you know, to be loud and, and do what we do best as football fans throughout. Actually, she, she's gone up in my estimation and I understand why she's so well respected. She also understands the importance of fans. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing from all of it. Mark Skinner, yeah, he gets, he gets us as fans. I think Emma Hayes understands the importance of all fans. And yesterday, as she was doing her interview or just before she was encouraging us, she was doing that. She was doing, she can't, they can't hear us. 
and actually it was so nice to see it was it was it was proper nice and actually we as we left we applauded her she applauded us and it was that level of respect and mm-hmm. the chelsea the traveling chelsea fans who were there they sent a tweet to to us as the sc we sent one back and there was kind of that like mutual respect that the 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 game's over mm-hmm. we'll see you down at king's meadow and right, that's the way it right. was and actually it, it was take the results out of it the ending was nice Mm-hmm. if that's going to be the positive we take from it. Hey, I mean, you know, it, it, on a day like yesterday, you take what you can get, I would say, yeah. uh, and so forth. And I, I think if I'm right, were the, weren't the Chelsea fans segregated? Yes, they were. They yeah, had their I, own section. They had their own and, section. Yeah. So I, I saw that yesterday um, as well. So I was like, yeah. And, you know, of course, the you know, every time Chelsea scored, you they panned to the to the, their section while they're waving their and we pat, and their, the thing their, is, blue, is that, their blue flag. Uh, yeah, and the, and the thing about it was is that you know the, the beauty of, of football fans is is that yes, there may be a bit of tribalism between them. You know, we're Reds, you're Chelsea fans. But yesterday there was a little bit of banter back and forth. None of it hostile. It was just a little bit of fun between two sets by sets of fans. And like I said, at the end of it, they they put a tweet out. Uh, very early on, they set up the flags, and then we sent a tweet out going, "Welcome to our home," and we had all our flags out. And there was kind of that level of respect and uh, joviality between us. Right. And like I said at the end, they sent a message saying, "See you at King's Meadow." King's Meadow, and we said, "We'll see you there." And actually, it was as much as I want, as much as the segregation worked yesterday, and it did. There was also that still level of respect, and actually. You can have both. You can have the the, the, the rivalry, the, the, the you know the, the Chelsea fans in their own section, and us, and there can still be a, a, a level of uh, joyfulness and rivalry, and, and and not have any hostility. And at the end of it, that's what there was. Yeah, and that I that I really you know that I think is undersold uh, because. Yeah. You know, we, we hear about the, you know, we, you know, there, there are like, for example, there are Instagram channels dedicated to rival fans literally fighting each other in the streets. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, there's, there's Instagram channels that we hear a lot about ultras and, and things like that. You hear about that in all, you know, all major soccer countries, football countries, but, but that's really to me, like a very small minority uh, and the the people who are really you know fans of their of their teams, fans of their clubs, there is a mutual respect of the game. There's a mutual respect for for opponents. There is a mutual respect for you know uh, and so forth. And yeah, there's the banter back and forth. There's like yeah. you know the chiding back and forth, but it's all good natured. Um, and nine, I would say ninety five percent of the time, it's very good natured. And you know, I've been, I belong to a supporters club here for um, Borussia Dortmund, and and I've had shared watch parties with Bayern Munich fans for the their classicer, and you know, and though we sat at, sat at separate sections in the bar, you know, um, but we would have the friendly banter back and forth, and at the end of the day, we took a picture together and said, yeah, yeah absolutely, well, you know. And um, and and that's what that's the fun of it. That's the fun of being a fan to me. So real quick before we close, we're running a little bit yeah. out of time here. But but so the next match is is next weekend uh, against Birmingham. Yep. Uh, now, what do you expect out of that match from United going into a Birmingham side that's lost three uh, to start the season? It's only scored one goal, which happened to be yesterday. Um, and you know. They're, they're early candidates for relegation. Um, what do you expect to come out of this? Um, I expect to win. I expect a performance. Um, they will be have. They will automatically be made to make a change because Emily Ramsey can't play against us. Mm-hmm. She's on loan. Right. So I expect a win, a comfortable win, and a, a performance of some sort. Um, my only negative on the whole game is that it's you know it's a quarter to eight quarter to seven here and it's an away game and it's it's it for us traveling up it's not far it's an hour and a half away um it just makes it a later bit a bit of a later night for us um however that being said a win comfortable win and a performance 
I expect Leslie to start. I, I'll say Leslie mm-hmm. will start. That's my only prediction um, I will make. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, so forth. So, and then and interestingly enough, one week later is, is yeah. the Manchester Derby one week yeah. later against a, a city side that, that who knows what's going to be the case there. Um, but, but as, as you well know, Keith, is it won't matter. matter. It doesn't matter. It's a derby. It doesn't matter if both United and City are near relegation form. Um, <laughs> Stats out of the window. It's, it won't matter um, and so forth. So, um, unfortunately, we probably will not get be able to get Kate on with you, but um, uh, because of the time zone difference, because Kate's in Canada, so that might be a bit hard. Um, but... Um, we, we we might try, but who knows? All right, Mark. Um, thank you again for joining no us problem. today, um, and so forth. And and you know, just bless you for watching that thing back. <laughs> watching that I match kind back. of want, I, I kind of want you know, to because when you're at the game, you focus on you. You follow yeah, the ball. I get it. I get it. But I would have been like, home. my team just lost six one. I'm like, I'm not I, I, watching I've this. To, I've been to games where I've seen United lose a lot more than six one. I'm I've seen I'm, it before. I mean, you know, I, like. You know, my my American football team lost the Super Bowl when they were up twenty eight to three. I was like, I'm not watching that again. I won't even. I don't want any reminders of that match. I mean, that game the, ever in my life. The, yeah. The, 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 the main reason I wanted to watch it is because I wanted to see the two offside goals. <laughs> no, I just wanted. I wanted were they to truly see, offsides? Yes, they were truly offsides. <laughs> they were. And I wanted to see it so that I could go. Well, they didn't really beat a six one. It was only four one. It was only four one. It makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, they only beat us four one. It won't, you know, it's not going to count in the table. But hey, <laughs> no. I get some consolation for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so thank you again, Mark. We will see no you uh, after the uh, match in Birmingham, which is yeah, you're right. It's a weird start time. It's a weird time. It's a bar bizarre start time. It's one, you know, one forty five here in the states, but um, you know, which yeah. Um, which was a weird start time with City and Arsenal yesterday. So, but thank you so much, Mark. We will see you next time out of the gate. Thank you for joining us. And so that is it for your Manchester United review. Uh, coming up is the Chelsea review. We'll be coming out very quickly after that. So we're going to see the other side of this match uh, from the six side versus the one side. Uh, and then coming up later this week, we're going to have Kate talking about Manchester City. Ooh, another one, another tough one there, um, you know, in that situation. Uh, and and then we're going to be talking with Josh. Josh will come in, be coming on on Wednesday. Uh, and um, uh, my big first question is, is this what you expected? Um, you might just say yes. Um, so take care, everybody, and enjoy your day out there. We will talk to you later.